Welcome to the Nifty Chicks. In this episode, we chat with the creator of The Fearless Girl, Kristen Visible. Kristen embodies the fearless girl and her ultimate message of gender collaboration, empowerment, and equality. We move towards this when genders work together instead of being at odds with each other. Let's do this. Welcome to the Nifty Chicks. I am so excited to have you, Kristen, on the show today. Jenna T and I had the opportunity to meet Kristen at NFT NYC, and it was just, it was such an amazing experience to meet you in person after, you know, we've talked about you and Fearless Girl a few times on the show, and so Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yes, it was a blast meeting you guys. And I thought very spontaneous. I'm just so sorry I missed a New York Stock Exchange party with you guys that night. I know. That would have been so much fun to have all of us with the fearless girl. <laughs> well, we were planning on going, but we just didn't quite make it. So Yeah. Yep. So I first off, I would like to... I would like to hear the story of how the fearless girl came to be about and what inspired her. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the idea of placing a girl in front of the charging bull was the idea of McCann Erickson advertising. So they had an initiative. They had a couple girls working in the advertising industry, which is predominantly white male. And these girls felt that their ideas were really not being equally heard. And they kind of kicked up an initiative to do something with Charging Bull, which has stood in New York City at that time for like some 29 years and had come to stand not only for the strength of the American people and the strength of the American financial market, but also the old boys club of Wall Street. So their original idea was to place a 12-foot cow in front of the 16-foot bull, which all of us women know would have been absolutely horrible. And yeah. needless to say, they couldn't sell it. So two years later, one of their executives said, hey, why don't you just switch out that cow for a little girl? And then they came looking for someone like me, who was an artist working in bronze, and a female, and who had sculpted children. And at the time that my friends came to me, uh, it had been probably 12 or 14 years since I'd sculpted a child. I was moving in a different direction. But at my, uh, in my apprenticeship at the Johnson Atelier, which is uh, a foundry that closed several years ago, they had a renowned apprentice program for artists all over the world. So you had 80 artists hanging out, partying, making art, being creative. It was the most amazing experience. And in the three and a half years that I studied there, I was creating a lot of children's works. So they recommended me. And then the issue was that I received a two or three page document uh, that showed a watercolor of a little girl downloaded from the internet standing in front of Charging Bull in the Superman Wonder Woman pose. <laughs> and she was maybe two years old. 
She had sandals on and braids. And honestly, they said, can you make this by the end of the month? And I just had another delay with the third delay with my client. So I was available. And honestly, I looked at the, the, the presentation piece they sent and I laughed out loud and I said, oh yeah, I can make it. Because uh, the idea was to take a stand for International Women's Day and to, to tell women around the world to stand up for their rights and to call attention to this terrible issue of a glass ceiling, an invisible ceiling that women experienced, is specifically in the Wall Street community, although it's it's global, it's everywhere. where they were being bypassed for promotion and for equal pay. And so uh, I think that the most important issue to me was this idea of a woman uh, doing the exact same amount of work and having the exact same qualifications, yet she received some 20% less in pay. And it didn't make sense to me. It made me angry. So the the idea when it came to me was so exciting because, you know, personally, I have wanted for a very long time to move in the direction of distortion of the human form, very beautifully done, but a distortion, and then ultimately to fully abstracted work. So I kind of was ready to move out of realism and into the wild. And uh, it was kind of an eye opener, a light bulb going off because I realized I could use this very understanding realism to send a very concise and finite, finite message. So I consented, but the sad part is, you know, there were so many back and forth. I did, you know, seven drawings for hairstyles. Uh, I didn't really start the piece until the 29th of December, 2016. And to cast an artwork takes, you know, four to six, seven months. Um, and we did it in like two months. <laughs> I didn't finish wow. the work wow. until the day of the Women's March on Washington, D.C., which is, I think, bizarre that, that I finished that day. That's amazing. I mean, it sounds like it was a no-brainer because it it not only what it stands for is a lot, it sounds like with what you believe and what's important to you. Right. So I think, I, yeah. And, and I think one of the great things about, um, you know, the NFT space is we believe there's a lot of disparity between um, kind of how men are treated, how women are treated, how men are, are paid, the sales that are of NFTs. But we believe that NFT, because it's so new, the world of NFTs, we have the ability to shape and evolve how it yes. transforms over time and where we as women stand in this space. And one of the things that resonated so much from our conversation was the fact that you said, it's not about just women um, just crushing life and succeeding on their own. It takes men too for yeah. women to succeed. I'm so glad you remember that. <laughs> of course, I mean, that really stuck with me. I wanna hear more about like what you mean by that. Okay, so um, I'm really glad you brought this up because my experience in the NFT space uh, I probably really began my research in late August last year. I'm relatively new. Uh, with the incidents of Fearless Girl, I kind of shied away from social media. So I don't have that very valuable tool when you're 
talking about NFTs. Um, but I will tell you that having done a drop at the end of May, uh, that I was in a lot of Twitter spaces. A lot of people were asking me to join uh, and to speak about Fearless Girl and my NFTs. And I consistently heard something there. You know, we as women would like a more solidified presence in the crypto community, right? And the idea out there is women supporting women. But at the same time, I heard women saying, oh, geez, these men are not supporting our projects, okay? So I finally piped up in a Saturday call and said, listen, you know, this is about collaboration, about gender collaboration. So if you want men to support your female-founded NFT drop, then they have to know about you. They have to be involved with you. You need to participate in mixed Twitter spaces. So often I was participating in a Twitter space that was like 99% female with a token male or two. That doesn't work. So you asked me what I mean uh, more specifically about gender collaboration. There is a really interesting body of research that started in the early 1960s about uh, gender studies, okay, and then gender studies in the workplace and the effectiveness of men and women actually working together, right, making decisions together. So uh, our history globally for centuries is that men take the lead, men make the final decision, and consequently, our leadership in so many corporations and in local community organizations is predominantly led by males only. And maybe the female ideas are often discounted. Well, this body of research has, has come to a culmination, so to speak. I mean, I, there is, it's ongoing. But in 2016, there was a study that was published that showed without a shadow of a doubt that men and women are actually more profitable when they work together, when they make decisions together. So the minute you attach money, uh, people start to take notice and to change their behavior. So a lot of what I do with Fearless Girl is about spreading awareness, okay? Uh, so often we've heard that women's rights is really more about human rights, but what we're missing is this wisdom of men and women actually working together because our brains function differently. So women uh, use more white matter, men use more gray matter. This was brought forth by a study called the Brainscape Study, and they found 100 different cognitive differences between men and women. So it's very much proven that if you have women at the leadership level, uh, that the company that has those women there is very much less likely to be litigious or embroiled in a legal dispute. So, and why? Because they've shown that women are actually better investors than men. Did you know that? I did, actually. So <laughs> tendencies, right? Our basic tendency is to say, oh, wait a minute, let's stop 
let's take another look at what's going on here and let's be a little bit more conservative in our approach. Well, in investment, in, in, in uh, decision-making, you really need both the more reticent, careful approach and, okay, let's pounce on the opportunity quickly. It's that combination that makes us so much better together. We can't achieve our peak potential as genders without working with the opposite gender. And to me, that's this beautiful, nature's beautiful love story that actually makes good business sense. That's amazing. I totally agree with that. We, we, we talk about that all the time. Um, so I, I, that's beautifully said. Thank you. I've been saying it now for five and a half years, right? <laughs> so I've got it down. Uh, Fearless Girl kind of turned my life upside down in every sense of the word. And unbelievably, five and a half years later, I'm still fielding requests for use uh, around Fearless Girl, and it's rather complicated. So I feel like you embody Fearless Girl. Like, Thank I feel you. like she's you. I mean, obviously you're the creator of her and just hearing you speak about her and it's just, yeah. You know, I wish I had printed out, I had dinner, uh, not last night, I guess, but the night before with my friend and her daughter, who's just turned 13. And that daughter was the primary model. I had two different models uh, for Fearless Girl. And she's turned out to be quite a little artist. And she made this really cool piece. It's all gray, right? It's like gray and white. And it's her face. And it says women's empowerment at the top. And then there's all these hands around, like collaboration. It's very, very creative. Um, I did not intend to really be the real life embodiment of Fearless Girl, but I would agree with you that I am. Uh, I... I I didn't know what I was getting into when I decided to make a work for my fellow women. And that's all I did. I, I was told um, by the ad agency that there was a very limited budget and thus they could only cover my immediate production expense and uh, that they were going rogue and that there would be no sponsor. So those are the terms under which I consented to create the artwork. I asked for an agreement and was told we didn't have time. And I actually agreed with them. We had no time. So I said, listen, I'll do it, but I won't deliver unless I sign. But while I was creating the clay model, a third party was brought in. And that third party has essentially caused me a great deal of harm over these years and frustrated my life. Yeah, I, I wanted to mention that. So this, um, the whole concept that we're talking about, this fearless girl, the statue, she's beautiful and she stands there strong. Um, not in front of the bull, though. She's now on the other side of the, um, looking at the New York Stock Exchange. So if anybody's in New York City looking for it, it's not in front of the bull anymore. But I do want to mention, like, um, you know, this has not been super easy for you. And in the most recent months, you have been experiencing a lawsuit. I am sure there's a lot of information that you cannot share at this point, given you are still in the middle of it. But um, talk to us about 
at a high level, kind of what the, what is going on and really how we can support you as um, fans of you and fans of Fearless Girl. Thank you so much, so much, Jenna. Um, te technically speaking, the lawyers always tell you not to talk about the lawsuit, but I didn't sign anything to that effect. I will tell you that I did sign an agreement 10 weeks, nine and a half weeks after we unveiled Fearless Girl. Uh, in that agreement, there is a, no, a non-disparagement clause against that third party. And I did not understand that non-disparagement also includes telling the truth. If the truth is perceived as having a negative connotation on that party, it is considered disparagement, which essentially boxes me in in every single way. And I would say that that theme of being boxed in runs through this entire agreement I signed. So Fearless Girl went viral immediately. Why do you think she went viral? What do you guys think? What is the basic meaning of Fearless Girl to you? I, I mean, I personally, I think because she embodies that. And like I was saying about you earlier, it's you're embodying her because you're being fearless and going up against, you know, the standing up for my right. Exactly. <laughs> so standing and, and up I think for that's important for every girl, woman, you know, of any age. It's important for us to... Not just women and girls. I really think that Fearless Girl and the ideas behind her extend to any entity that's being uh, prejudiced against, mm -hmm. which means a lot of our ethnic people are prejudiced against. And when, even though the gender studies is about gender, it's common sense to understand that if we bring different cultures into the decision-making process, we're going to get a better decision. That would be another project, right? So for me, first and foremost, Fearless Girl stands for empowerment. So we presented an image in 2017. She was unveiled the day before International Women's Day in celebration of International Women's Day, March 7, 2017. And the work took off because people looked at this little girl up against impossible odds and it inspired them. It empowered them. I mean, you can't believe the emails I got from all over the world. And what's very interesting is it was 50% men who understood the value of genders working together and who were advocating for their daughters and sisters and mothers and grandmothers. Right. So that's why Fearless Girl, I think, took off. And also think about women uh, in the right to vote and everything else. We've been fighting for over a century for our rights, for centuries and centuries, if you look back in history, for, for women's rights. But we've never had a, quote, equality symbol, right? So we have the scales of justice. We have the Statue of Liberty, but we really don't have any that anything that says women's equality that's three-dimensional. And I think Fearless Girl fulfills that role. Uh, that's why I think she went viral. And I think there is moral responsibility on my part to ensure that this work 
is used to the benefit of the people I created her for. Remember, I had no knowledge of a third party being brought into the scene. So the lawsuit is essentially uh, the third party, I believe, trying to expand on the rights that were extended to them. So I created a work and remember there was no agreement, right? So I owned all of the rights, but I was specifically told that the third party had paid a quarter million dollars in permitting. So this was corroborated by the ad agency and it was verbally discussed during our negotiations. I was so grateful. We only had seven days of permitting. It's expensive, the permitting in New York, right? So we had a total budget of $30,000 for everything, extending the park to place the work on it, casting the figure, producing the clay, and paying the permitting. So the world started to sign this change.org petition to keep her permanent. It was the answer to our dreams. We had some 30 people working on this project, and all of us you know, talked about the fact that the ideal outcome would be that the work would remain ad infinitum and that the people would demand that. And they did. So that was very, very rewarding. Do I think it's about my artistry? I, you know, I I have seen a couple of knockoffs that were not very successful. And I think that everything is in the attitude of fearless girls face. The Wonder Woman pose, the Superman pose is part of our culture. Uh, I think it's important, but it's all about her attitude, her Mm -hmm. obstinance, her determination that she will stand up for her rights and she will win against this enormous bull, right? That's empowering, right? Mm -hmm. So in the lawsuit, to be really honest, uh, you know, I didn't know about this company. I was very grateful that someone had paid the permitting for a month until we got Fearless Girl into the Department of Transportation's intervention program. But when I went to pick up my mold, it was withheld from me. My artist, my artist, my lawyer suggested go around them and do a preservation scan of your artwork. A preservation scan is a digital scan where you take a wand and you scan every square inch of the 3D form to capture it and you put it into, it's basically what's called a watertight STL file. And that's used to print three-dimensional reproductions of that work. And you can use it to print at any size, okay? We really needed to do that. And I'll tell you why. Bowling Green Park, where the work was initially installed, came to a point, and it was the three-way intersection. And she's on this tiny little six-foot extension that we put on the park in order to place her on city property. So that was a stainless steel plate. Then we found a compatible uh, cobblestone, and we literally cobblestoned <laughs> The, the stainless steel plate, and then we set the figure. So we met at 11 o'clock at night. It took till 5.30 in the morning to complete the process. It was a big ordeal. So these people, <clears throat> my understanding was, had paid 
quarter million dollars in permitting. And they wanted to use the image to promote a diversity-based product. And I said, well, I don't have a problem with you doing that. But the understanding was that Fearless Girl would never be used as a brand. So I want you to like just take a second and think about, I made a work for the world, for my fellow women, in celebration of International Women's Day. Right. It's a powerful tool. And she needs to be used to promote the rights of women and gender collaboration. Instead, she's been appropriated as a brand with a very narrow message of board diversity. So Fearless Girl legally stands for equality, equal pay, the empowerment of women, supporting women in leadership positions, education of women, education in the workplace for the prevention of prejudice and the general well-being of women. Unofficially, she stands for diversity and gender collaboration. But the sign 60 feet away from Fearless Girl says she was installed in 2017 to call attention to the need for gender diversity on boards and to stand as inspiration for future leaders. So where is equality, equal pay, supporting women in leadership positions? Maybe we have that there. Education, it's all gone. Well, how are we going to propel our women, our young girls, to be able to garner the board position where they're involved in that leadership decision-making process, unless we're promoting the STEM studies or STEAM studies, I'd say, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math that have been shown to best prepare our youngsters for leadership positions. How are we going to propel them if we don't empower them? There is more research that shows that women do not ask for what they're worth. You have to do the research and know what your qualifications are entitled to from a financial perspective. And also, when you're going to apply for a job, you need to look at the leadership in that corporation. Are there women there? Because research shows that women promote women, just like men promote men. So it's complicated. This is, you know, I believe this lawsuit is about appropriating the rights of the work 100%. There is an agreement that was signed that outlines the relationship between the parties where I have asserted copyright and relinquished trademark in order to assert that copyright that was threatened by three parties. Does that make sense? So the mold was withheld. I went to the DOT and I said, I need access to my artwork. And they essentially said, oh, well, even if you were to get a permit, it would take two months. I said, this is my work. I didn't sign an agreement with anyone and I need access to my artwork, which I went to a politician. Let's see, one, two, three, and three other people, four other people, only to be brought back to the DOT legal department where they told me they had no control, that the person who told me no had the control. And I could not gain access to my artwork in order to reclaim the figure. So I had no choice but to sign. And I signed, right? So 
I relinquish trademark, except that I always have the right to fair use, which is a legal term, to refer to the artwork as Fearless Girl, as her creator, okay? But what is complicated is that the idea the parties pledged to use the artwork to promote the ideals behind her. And I changed the number on the original work from one of one to 25 and established I would make two artist proofs. That's 27 castings for some, I think, 193 countries in the world. That's not a lot, okay, to spread the messaging. And every attempt to publicly place the work has been thwarted, okay? So the work was not to be used as a brand. The work was used, was created for the people and must be used to benefit the people. That is what I am fighting for in this lawsuit, our rights, my right to exploit my work, your right to have this work used to your benefit. There has been almost every major nonprofit has come to me in these five and a half years. And through a co-approval clause, which I'm not sure that I, the, the agreement's very confusing because I tried to assert my rights and they tried to circumvent that. I mean, circumvent or undermine to assert theirs. So it's it, it doesn't make any sense, this agreement, okay? It's not clearly defined. And hence, we have an issue where this company has $3.9 trillion. And I'm now in debt because of the lawsuit that's coming up on close to $4 million because I've been given a mandate that I have to show that I have XYZ dollars in order for this new council to present me in front of the court. So this is this is so frustrating to hear because it literally is exactly what Fearless Girl stands against and for. And you're going through this and it's like obviously the message is not landing with those people. The message is obstructed, is it not? If I cannot use the work for the people, then the messaging is is obstructed. And then the integrity of the work is diminished. And the Visual Artist Rights Act of 1990 upholds not only my reputation, but the integrity of the artwork. No one on my side has argued this issue. So if I can't get, I'm out of money, guys. It's been, I've paid... 3.2 million. I've now raised, uh, I have verbal commitments for well over almost 400,000 and, but still no commitment from council to represent me. Last council just really didn't cover the bases. They never even did a damages report. If you understand, if you understand something about the, the, the legal system, the U S legal system, which I didn't, there's no reason to be in a lawsuit unless there is some kind of financial uh, value that has been assigned to whatever people are arguing about. Well, I don't understand that. So financial value. Well, Fearless Girl has generated through the goodwill of the work, $288 million of profit for the third party. Okay. So uh, they want her in entirety and they want to get a judgment against me because then they would essentially and presumably be able to 
to uh, attach to my assets. Fearless Girl, the Fearless Girl copyright being one of my assets, right? And there's not a lot left now other than that <laughs> at this point with the lawsuit. So the stress is unbelievable. It's affecting my health. I made this work for all the right reasons. And I really resent anyone saying that this is a brand gimmick. She is not a brand gimmick. I made her for you and for me and for all of us. Do you understand? Yeah. Ah, man. Well, I, I mean, this has been a fascinating uh, story, not just on how Fearless Girl came to be, your involvement and what you're going through now to make sure that the integrity of the project still exists long into the future. And I want to just take one or two minutes to talk about the NFTs that you have created associated with this, because I think that might actually uh, at least uh, chip in the right direction um, as far as getting the word out there and getting some sort of financial support too. So I want to hear about the Fearless Girl NFTs. Right. So that was part of uh, the reason that I got into NFTs. You know, I haven't been a digital person. I'm at a severe disadvantage because I know Photoshop, but not that well. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, a friend of the family came to me. They said, hey, you should do NFTs to try and raise money for the legal battle. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. I'm not a digital artist. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. So I had a call with people in August. It's a long story. I know we don't have time. Um, it's been some eight months or so that we have been working on the Fearless Girl NFTs. Uh, if you purchase a Fearless Girl NFT, we are in the process right now of developing utility that will be very, very exciting. It's a surprise we cannot announce it. I can't talk about it. But the point was to provide, do a couple of things. One, people are always emailing me, oh, can't you make something that's less expensive so that we can have Fearless Girl? Well, casting a bronze sculpture is a lot of money, okay? So, you know, I had an idea of going to Thailand to try and do metal that would be less expensive. And, you know, then I got sued. So I never got around to do that. So in one aspect of the NFTs is that it provides an opportunity for people to collect Fearless Girl imagery that's unique and beautiful that I'm thinking we might put on an 8x10 viewing screen that people can stick on their desk um, as one of the utilities that I found through nft.nyc. And, uh, uh, or you can project it, you know, on your bedroom wall. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is, of course, I have great financial need. Uh, I think, yes, I'm in a position to profit greatly from Fearless Girl, but I certainly haven't. And I have ethically stood by the ideals behind my work, and I will not accept no as an answer. I made Fearless Girl for you, and I will fight to ensure that she is used for you. I need help. $3.2 million. I didn't make that from Fearless Girl. I didn't even have a time, the time to exploit the work. There's another aspect. I have a legal right to sell in place. I have a legal right to exploit my artwork. 
for licensed products. But if you might know, there are no licensed Fearless Girl products that are um, authentic, that are approved by me. And uh, I really can't do that because the way this agreement is written, there is so much control that is asserted over the licensee that I feel like I put that potential licensee at financial risk, considering the history of the people that I'm involved with here. And uh, so I haven't licensed. And if I can't license, then I need to find another way to generate money. So if you believe in gender collaboration, if you believe in the ideals, equality and diversity behind Fearless Girl, I ask you to support this project and I will make sure that it's worth your while. We're in the process of doing that right now. And it's an inter- continental collaboration, I might add. Okay. So I just want to be sure to mention fearlessgirl.us as a website and right. it's super easy to go mint. I minted one. Um, oh. I was really, I was telling <laughs> Kristen before we started recording, I'm really sad because I, She's going to be on the wall eventually. I just didn't get my order in soon enough, so she won't be here till next week. But I'm Aaron, excited to have her on the wall. The, the fact that you said it's easy to mint is like a monumental statement for me. Okay, remember, I'm kind of new to the space. We set up a private minting site when you purchase. It's minted, right? Then it appears on OpenSea. To effectively yep. do that has been really a, an enormous task fraught with a lot of technical difficulties. We kind of have just gotten it, you know, where it needs to be. And I definitely hope that you'll go check it out. We are considering doing some diversification of the limited edition Stargazer cards. Uh, but essentially, I believe the future of Fearless Girl, these NFTs will act as a passport, essentially, for something larger. And I'm really excited to tell you about that in the future. It's awesome. I'm, I'm super excited about, I mean, just everything that you're doing. And obviously we want to support you and help you. I just, I still can't believe you're going through all of this with her I mean, so many years later. I, you know, there's what's called a no branding clause in this agreement that really prevents even affixing a name uh, with the artwork, a trade name, okay? In fact, I never really noticed that line, and, excuse me, until recently, but it's, it's a direct intent to subvert the rights that I have in my artwork, which are essentially all the copyright rights. Um, and those are all listed. So if those are all listed, then this no branding clause which we understood to be only for licensed products because of where it's positioned in this agreement, um, it cannot be applied to a full-size casting unveil. I mean, how do I spread the messaging behind Fearless Girl if we're not freely able to install and unveil and talk about the ideals behind her and, uh, you know, there, another issue is so that there's a no branding clause. I also extended to the third party an image right 
so that they could use this image to discuss specifically diversity in corporate governance. Well, what I verbally consented to was something that doesn't infringe on my rights, which is board diversity in the financial sector. It will never affect me. I'm not in finance. By that clause being expanded, it's very difficult to ethically and morally have a discussion, let's say, on equal pay. How do you talk about the fact that there's a discrepancy between the pay of a board member and the pay of a manager? And then the issue becomes, you know, who's getting the board positions? That in part contributes to the discrepancy in pay between men and women. And also the fact that women, I guess by their nature, tend to uh, take responsibility for unpaid caretaker positions. So that diminishes uh, the balance in pay as well. Uh, But, you know, how can you talk about supporting women in leadership positions and then have an exclusivity on diversity in, in corporate governance. Now, I never intended to subvert my rights through any right extended to another party. I own 98% of the rights. The work was not commissioned. Do you understand? Everywhere, everyone says Fearless Girl is commissioned. Yet I was approached by a trusted friend who put me in touch with another person who said, Will you create this artwork for International Women's Day? Of course, I'm a woman. I love this. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for joining us on the next. Thank you guys for your interest. Of and course, for- and you can follow Fearless Girl. Uh, it's uh, Fearless Girl US on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow Kristen um, at Kristen Visbal. Uh, that's C. Uh, sorry, K R I S T E N V I S B A L. We'll have all of those in the show notes. But thank you again, Kristen. We yes. we love what Fearless Girl stands for, and we are yeah. all for it. Right. So we're all going to be fearless, right? It doesn't matter That's what right. you're going right. through. I'm in a lawsuit, but you might have something else, right? right. So the right. point is to be strong. Okay. Thanks so much, Kristen. Have a wonderful day. Appreciate Thanks. it. You too. My goodness, she is going through so much and she you are you hit the nail on the head when you say she embodies fearless girl. How amazing is Kristen? I I just love her. I you know, when we met, okay, first off, when we met her in New York, it was just I felt like it was kismet because we had told her story, we had talked about her on the show just from news, you know, articles that we had found along the way and then we're in New York and you know, somebody's like, oh my gosh, you need to meet Kristen Visbaugh. And we're like, wait, what? We're meeting, <laughs> we're meeting the artist behind Fearless Girl. And it was just, was such a great experience to meet her and be able to, you know, hear what is going on with her and everything she is fighting against with these legal battles, which just honestly blows my mind. I, I can't believe she's having to deal with all of that. It's such a shame. I mean, it totally puts a cloud over the fact that like everything she built and created. I mean, it's just like, Mm -hmm. what the heck? Like what the actual heck? Like, come on guys. (laughs) Like, did you not, did you totally miss the message of what this whole thing stands for? It's so frustrating actually. Let's not, let's not. I know. I know. (laughs) 
So I, I highly recommend everybody go check out fearlessgirl.us and go support Kristen in her efforts to basically overcome these bullies, right? I mean, that's that's what they're doing is they're yeah. just being bullies. And I just, I love how, you know, like she said, that fearless girl just has a spirit of determination and obstinance and I believe in Kristen and that she's, she's going to beat, beat the bullies. So totally agree. Yeah. And you know, as always, we would love it. If you would go follow us on the socials, you can find us at the nifty chicks. That is the nifty N I F T Y chicks, C H I C K S. We are on all the socials. That's right. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the nifty chicks. Remember, invest in yourself. You are worth it. Listen carefully to the following disclaimer. Neither the host nor the guests of the Nifty Chicks podcast are acting in the capacity of financial advisors. We wish to remain transparent and impartial to the NFT community at all times, and therefore, the content provided by the Nifty Chicks hosts and guests are intended for general information purposes only. Nothing written or discussed by the Nifty Chicks hosts and guests should be construed or relied upon as investment, financial, legal, regulatory, accounting, tax, or similar advice. Nothing should be interpreted as a solicitation to invest in any cryptocurrency or NFT, and nothing herein should be construed as a recommendation to engage in any investment strategy or transaction. Please be advised that it is in your own best interest to consult with investment, legal, tax, or similar professionals regarding any specific situation and any prospective transaction decisions. You must do your own research when considering investing in cryptocurrencies or NFTs. We are simply sharing our journey with you as we learn more about the world of NFTs. Happy minting.